Hey there, it's Jake. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that this episode of The Online Hustle is a bit of a time capsule. It's from a podcast I used to run between 2012 and 2016. You're going to hear some references to that show, uh, to businesses and content that may have changed or may not even exist anymore. Our guest today is Dan Andrews from the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Uh, Dan is uh, an awesome guy. Uh, I got to know him a few months ago uh, through uh, his podcast and I was lucky enough to meet him while I was in Bali about uh, two months ago. So he's a really cool guy. Uh, If you haven't heard of the Lifestyle Business Podcast, I'd suggest you go across and check it out. In fact, it's probably a great source for you to get a little bit of extra context to this particular episode as well. We don't delve too much into his background because we want to bring you some actionable tips. Now, of course, given Dan's expertise in, in podcast, that's the topic for today's episode. It's a great source of traffic. It's brilliant for building an audience. He, I guess, was probably the inspiration for me starting this podcast. And I can tell you right now, the people I've been meeting or networking with, the guests I've been bringing on the show and and will continue to bring on the show such a high caliber. And I really feel I wouldn't be able to get access to these people without doing a podcast. So if you, as we've just uh, discussed, I've got Dan Andrews from uh, the Lifestyle Business Podcast on the line today. Dan, how are you? Fantastic, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Ah, no problems at all. I've had, uh, this will be our, our first guest to focus 100% uh, on podcasting for the episode. And uh, if I was to look at all the different podcasts I listen to, you'd be, or you certainly were, uh, top of the list to bring on the show. So I'm glad that you could uh, spare a few, a few minutes today with us. Why don't you start off with a little bit of a, a history about yourself leading up to you coming online and to the Lifestyle Business Podcast? Sure. My initial history before I started my business is it was podcasts that help inspire me and educate me on how to get started building a business. I had been doing it for about two years. We have a a company that creates products for the hospitality industry, like portable bars. And we also create a line of consumer cat furniture for cat owners. And I was looking around on the internet, trying to listen to more people who were interested in traveling while running their business. And there wasn't a lot of people publishing that kind of information. So I thought there's an opportunity here for me to start my own podcast and tell people how I travel, but also I run a real business in in, in this sense that we have a warehouse, we have employees, we have a QuickBooks and all that normal business stuff, but I still managed to, to travel around. We started in 2009, a show called the Lifestyle Business Podcast. And uh, yeah, we've just been doing it every week since then. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. It's, I guess what's what I really wanted to dive into today is is about getting around the mindset of why you decided to to start a podcast, how you went about doing that, and uh, I guess 2009 to 2012 is pushing on, pushing closer to four years of of being online uh, podcasting now. So I want to get an indication of. The differences between when you started out and um, how it is now for you as well. First off, when we started out, we were nervous to do it and our content was shaky and and it wasn't particularly good. And I think one of the mindsets that we went through is we knew that would be part of the process. And we thought to ourselves, it's worth the investment to get good at communicating and speaking. And so we were willing to power through those first awkward months And no one's really listening to your stuff at that time anyway, so that's not so bad. I think when you look at it from a strategic perspective, owning the audience and developing and cultivating an audience is really 
a new opportunity for entrepreneurs. And we're still getting used to what that means for business. And I think we saw early on that was going to be a powerful opportunity. One story that taught us that is at the same time we started our cat furniture business, one of our one of our favorite bloggers in that space, Kate Benjamin from ModernCat.net, started a cat furniture blog. And you can probably guess what the punchline is five years later, who's doing better in that niche. It's definitely Kate. 27,000 subscribers strong. She's got a passionate audience that put her at the focal point of the industry. She can talk to anybody. She's got better information. And if she wants to start a cat furniture business, she's in a much better spot than me sitting in a quiet room somewhere, having some great grand vision of what my next piece of cat furniture is going to look like. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And you're right. It's as a as an entrepreneur and a business owner myself, I am. I'm just starting to realize that there are such great opportunities out there to become an authority in the market. And of course, that's the premise of the show is that we're trying to introduce our listeners to all forms of content marketing and give them some strategies on how they can just get out there and implement in their business. Obviously, podcasting for you has been incredibly successful and beneficial for you. So why don't you to explain to our listeners a little bit about some of the stats focused around Lifestyle Business Podcast? Sure. So it's the lifestyle business podcast is a entrepreneurial training podcast mostly or inspirational podcast focused on digital nomads or the group of people that they really want to grow a business so that it can help them to travel that are seen and so on the back end we developed a product called the dynamite circle which is basically a private membership group that allows entrepreneurs to meet each other as they go around. And so that's, I mentioned that because that's how we monetize the podcast. And I think there's a bunch of things we could do to monetize it. We could start services or that's the cool thing about audience, right? You can, there's, you've got a group of people listening to your show that need all kinds of stuff and they're a captive audience. You're in their ears, but anyway, we decided to do this networking group. So that just clicked over to 500 members now. So that's good. Those people are all on retention, billing arrangements. Regarding the downloads, I haven't looked at it for a while, to be honest, because I think we're a little bit under monetized. But are you looking for numbers on how many people listen to our show and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. That'd be, I think, give listeners a bit of perspective as to how powerful it's been for you. Yeah, I actually think for someone who's been podcasting for nearly three years, our numbers aren't that great. But I think the interesting thing to think about when you look at the way these numbers work is that to me, someone who listens to your podcast is like someone who gives you their address, their home address and their phone number on your opt-in form. It's like when they've decided to put you into their ears and let you speak to them for long interrupted periods of time, that's much more powerful than someone who just breezes by and checks out your newsletter in my mind. That said, I think each episode is getting about 10,000 listens, between seven and 10,000 listens. We've got about 5,600 people on our mailing list. That cascades down to about four to 5,000 unique visitors on the website every month, which cascades into 500 people in a private billing situation. So that's what you'd call the traffic trickle. How it starts large in iTunes with the 10,000 people every episode. And then over the course of three years, 5,600 of those have managed to get on the mailing list one way or another. Sure. Okay. Let's jump back to the start. Now, to give listeners a bit of perspective. So you started this three years ago. Dynamite Circle is now, what is it? Would it be just over a year old, is it? That's correct. So you've got a two-year lead time for Dynamite Circle, which 
I, I guess the question that comes to mind for me is in starting the podcast, did you envision that this is the, the way you were going to monetize or did you play around with some other forms of monetization early on? We played around with stuff. Yes. We sold our back catalog at the beginning. It was a throwaway thing. It wasn't really well thought out. At the beginning, I knew that membership sites were an opportunity, but I didn't have an articulation for it. I'll tell you what was a mindset shift for me. I was having a very difficult time in my mind justifying charging our listeners to join a forum. And one of the things that helped me, but I would help, I thought it would be useful though to charge them to be in like a networking situation. And the problem with looking at stuff like vBulletin is it just doesn't work for that. So I was looking at stuff like vanilla forums and all this kind of stuff. And then I stumbled onto a very successful private membership site that was being run by Simon Black at SovereignMan.com. I remember I was like, look, it's like 400, 500 bucks a year or something. And I was like looking over my friend's shoulder and I was like, what is that? That's awesome. He's like, that's Ning. And I was like, shit, sorry, shice, whatever. <laughs> and I run, I, I, this is a family show, right? I, I ran back to my developer and I said, let's stop doing this custom thing. Let's just get Ning. It's 60 bucks a month for the premium pro program. And when I saw my small group of inner circle and beta members inside of that Ning software, I was like, this is something I can charge for. So that was a big turning point for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess you've also got Tropical MBA. Uh, can you explain to the listeners a little bit about that particular portion? Yes. If I could do it all over again, there wouldn't be two websites. At the beginning, I was like, I have a blog, so I'll start a blog. And then I was like, I have a podcast, so I'll start a podcast. But I should have just had it all be Tropical MBA. Tropical MBA started out as a recruitment tool. I was in the Philippines hiring Filipinos. And I think the turning point was one of the developers who was really talented. He's, and this was like three years ago. He's like, all right, I want you to pay me $1,000 a month to work for you. And I just remember just thinking, first off, screw all these marketers who told me the Philippines is the cheapest place on the planet. The second thing is I would have worked for $1,000 a month to be able to live in the Philippines and to ride around on motorcycles and work whenever I want. And it was just this awesome lifestyle. And so then I, I was like, it wasn't a week later that I had a big, my very first blog post was a job ad. Hey, I'm a digital nomad. I'm here in the Philippines. Why don't you come join me? I'll pay you a thousand bucks a month. And that's why I called it the Tropical MBA. It's like an internship thing. And from there, I just started using it as an outlet for my thoughts. And that site in particular has inspired about 20 internships, 10 for my company and 10 for uh, close friends. And it's also turned into a podcast and stuff like that. So it's basically Tropical MBA is like my personal blog. And, and which of the, okay, so you said you would have one side if you were to do it over again. Of the two that you've got now, which would have been your choice? Just in terms of branding, I think Lifestyle Business Podcast is is a gener more generic brand than Tropical MBA. So I would just have a Tropical MBA podcast and a Tropical MBA blog. And that yeah. way we could focus all of our energy there. I don't think it makes sense to switch it at this point, but if I could give a suggestion to people, it would be, I think, especially with the way that the technology and the way that people are moving around online now, the best strategy is to have your core marketing brand be like your spotlight. I'm sure Amco does a good job of this where it's like internet marketing speed is where you follow him. And then whenever he wants to point his spotlight on something like a new product, he'll just talk about it on internet marketing speed. But it's not like he's going to start a blog over at whatever his thing is, megamillionaire.com or not. He's not going to market at that domain. I think that's a new trend and something to take note of because the kind of marketing that you're talking about, Jake, is expensive to execute. 
And so you want to focus your energy on one product or one core outlet. The other thing I think which is quite relevant and it's something I've been struggling with or not struggling but considering is this the whole thing is building your online audience. Now, that is where a lot of your future potential future income comes from. Now, if you're building out sites on a particular brand here and there and then you want to sell off that that particular brand, if you haven't got a central hub, then you're potentially losing your entire audience once you've sold off that brand. Great point. It's a fantastic point. Mm, and I think that's, I guess if we do talk a little bit about James Schramko and what he's doing, he's very smart that way where he's got all these satellite services, but which he could easily sell off without losing his audience. Yeah. I call it spotlight marketing. Your core asset is your spotlight. And when say you create a service that helps people edit their podcast or whatever, you call it podcastpro.com. You shine your spotlight over on that for a few months and you build up a customer base over there. Now that's a fantastic asset for somebody who wants to buy it, but then you still get to hold onto that spotlight, which would be, you know, uh, the, the Jay Cower show <laughs> or whatever you're going to choose as your spotlight. What domain are we at publishing at, by the way? This is um, the Multimedia Marketing Show. So multimediamarketingshow.com. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I think, and that's where I'll be moving as well. Um, I've found that um, I've built up a lot of my personal um, online audience under uh, one of our travel brands. And uh, I'm just, I know now that if we're ever to sell uh, this travel agency, that I'll lose my entire audience if I continue down that route. So I think for me, the Multimedia Marketing Show is that central hub where the property itself wouldn't easily be transferable, but that's because it's me building a connection with my audience, with our listeners, and then we'll build out the satellite brands around that, which are potentially have a value or a saleable value. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. Let's, okay. So podcasting, let's give some, let's give some tips to our listeners. Do you have a top five reasons why someone should be podcasting? Sure. First off, it's easy to create content relative to video and to writing. Second off, it's more engaging than both of those mediums. I'm just, this is anecdotal, but I'll put it out there. People that have elected to put you into their eardrums while they go about their life, let you speak to them. That is a way to build trust with people because you're talking about long periods of engagement over the course of time. That's massively powerful marketing. So I love that element to it. Number three, it's so much easier to network with other people vis-a-vis -vis podcasting. I would never want to write a guest post for your blog because it's so hard to write. I would never want to come onto a video show because I don't have the technology and it's too much time and mucking around, but I will absolutely get on the horn with you and talk with you. And I'm just a small fry, but you could manage to get really influential people on the phone and become friends with them and network with them. I think that's a massive benefit to podcasting. It's just the, your ability to, to network with market movers. And this is a, this is, I don't, I can't think of an industry that's an exception, really. Think about industries where this kind of, this swapping of notes in podcasting isn't the norm. I looked at it with, my friend just started a podcast called smartdrugsmarts.com. And his first episode was, was with one of the leading scientists in the world about this stuff. There's not that many inbound phone calls that scientist is uh, that are exciting. And so this is a big opportunity. It's all of a sudden, it's a media inquiry. It's an opportunity for them to reach a broader audience. So I think those are three explosive reasons right there to start a podcast. I could probably list 25 for you. <laughs> I know. That's, I'm a member of the DC or, or the Dynamite Circle. And it's certainly big in there at the moment, everybody talking about podcasting. And it was... 
probably the final straw for me to actually start this podcast itself. And I know I've been going now for a month and I've pumped out six or seven interviews, not all that have been aired yet, but those three reasons that you've just discussed, they're already folding out in front of me. It's the, the networking I've done so far with, with my guests is incredible and there is no other way that I'd be able to get in front of these people. That's it, man. And it's just an incredible value that you're offering people is access to your audience and an opportunity to share their message. Mm, sure. And I guess let's look at then at how easy it actually is to get a podcast up there. You say it's easy for you to, to just record some audio. What is that? Is that simply a microphone and a piece of software on, on the computer? I would say the if you want to take the 80-20 way to getting a quality podcast shipped, you would buy Skype recorder, call recorder or Pamela so that you can record your Skype phone calls. You would buy a USB mic and it doesn't, you can even just be a call center mic. Ian's all of most, I would say 80% of our audio is from $40 Logitech call center mics. And as long as you're plugging them into the USB and not into the small little circular hole in your computer, it's going to sound good enough. And then you record it all. You're going to record it on your call recorder. You toss it into Audacity. You apply some EQ, a little bit of compression, and you normalize it. And boom, you've got yourself a podcast. That's all it takes. Absolutely. And then, then the submission to something like an iTunes, which potentially most of our listeners out there will be listening to this on, is it's a one-time submission. And if you're not, it's relatively easy, but if you're not technical enough to be able to do it, you could pay someone $50 to get it set up for you. Absolutely. No question. Okay, Dan, so let's. what does the future hold for the Lifestyle Business Podcast? Are you looking at changing direction in, in any way or do you continue on in the same manner? Or That's a good question. I was thinking about that today, actually. We've been continuing on in a very consistent manner, manner for the last two years. It's just been weekly every Thursday morning. For the foreseeable future, we are going to continue down that route. Uh, we got a bunch of other products in the, in the pipeline. So I don't know. It's a great question. I have no idea. We're at a bit of a turning point right now. We just closed the Dynamite Circle. We have 500 members. Uh, I think we need to ask ourselves, what would market leadership look like in 2013? And if, if I am such a big proponent of developing audiences and building businesses that way, I think that there are some limitations to our current publishing outlets. In particular, they focus on Ian and I's time. So I think that we've pretty much got two options for growth. One would be to do, go the Adam Carolla route and sell off all of our business and only focus on audience. So basically just become a daily show like Howard Stern or Adam Carolla or Oprah Winfrey, or th that kind of audience route. And then the other way would be to go like a Huffington Post route where you instead pull the community's content and publish that. So I think that's the uh, natural decision point that we're at. Mm, and it's a, I'm sure not a very easy decision to make because uh, as you said, you're a, this is, I guess, this publishing side of your business probably only represents 50% of your total, I would imagine. Oh, it's 5%. 5%, yeah. So a, a very small number. So it'd be a big call to, to, to go into that. But on the other side of the coin, as you said, particularly with podcasting, it is such a, a, a personal and a private thing that you're asking your audience to do. So to, to bring on others to your show can completely change the dynamics. So you're almost going to the pub. Someone like there's a number of podcasters out there who have a number of shows in their stable. And I guess that's something that you would potentially consider. 
Yeah, you've seen it happen a lot with like great blogs that go bad, quote, when they bring in other writers. And so far, our blogs have been this kind of personal love affair. We've been obsessed with them. They've been our babies. And that's a bit of a red flag when anything in your business becomes babified or anthropomorphized. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly what we're going to do right now, but it should be fun. Yeah. All right. Okay. So our listeners out there haven't started a podcast yet, or the majority wouldn't have. We've discussed a number of things here to help them get started. Just looking at that that, that point we're just discussing then, would you do something different if you were to start if you were to start fresh again today? In terms of branding and being able to scale without without increasing the amount of time it takes you to do it? I like the idea of increasing your velocity. So like whatever it takes, forget the intro music, forget big, long episodes. If you can't pull, just get stuff shipped as soon as possible. I think the biggest thing that we did right and that we continue to try to do today is we, we differentiated ourselves, try to give people a real reason to listen to your podcast aside from this is not just the next podcast, but there's a reason why you would listen to this one. I think that's the same mantra that we would keep if we were to start today. And okay, a little bit of trivia or, or a little bit of history on your show. You've got 10,000 listens per show roughly now. How long did it take before you started getting a decent number of listeners? That's an interesting question because I always say like I podcasted it into the dark for six months, but it wasn't really, I think probably for the first three, at month three or four, we had 44 subscribers. And you mentioned until it got interesting or relevant to me, being able to speak to 44 people on a weekly basis is an extraordinary opportunity. So podcasting got interesting almost right away. And when you look at the guys in the DC who are starting their new shows like Smart Drug Smarts and Terry Lynn's new Build My Online Story, he's got like 600 subscribers in just a couple months. And it's not surprising nowadays because people are, they're more attuned to podcasts. They know how to subscribe faster. They know how to consume the content better. Podcasting is a bit of a learning curve to become a consumer. But it's becoming more mainstream. It's coming into cars. It's coming into dashboards and homes. And I think that's still a ton of growth opportunity for the marketplace out there. It's not so surprising to think that you could get 100 subscribers if you posted it in a popular forum like that in the course of a couple of weeks. What business owner doesn't want the opportunity to talk to a 100 people every week about their business? So I think it gets interesting right away. That's great. That's fantastic for our listeners out there. Okay, Dan, I think we've covered quite a lot in this episode. And I thank you again for coming on. Where can listeners find out a little bit more about you and some of the services you offer? Sure. Just check out lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. It's my favorite hour of the week. And in fact, I'm off to go do it right now. That's fantastic. Hey, and one more thing. Dynamite Circle is closed. Do you have a waiting list for people wanting to get on? Sure. Yeah. If people want to, if they have a, a business set up and they're interested in traveling while they work, they can go to uh, Lifestyle Business Podcast and just uh, put their email address in there and we'll email when we open back up. Yeah, that's great. And I'd recommend both to all of our listeners. The podcast is exceptional and the Dynamite Circle, if you've got a business and you're looking to increase the velocity of, of Im improving your income, then that's a fantastic source as well. So get on, check out both of those resources. And Dan, thank you very much for coming on. Cheers, Jake. Thank you.